Welcome to the Fire and Earth Podcast with your hosts, Jason Mefford and Kathy Gruber. Fire and Earth, giving you the keys to unlock your limitless potential. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kathy Gruber. And I'm Jason Mefford. And today we wanted to talk about something and we're going to throw out a term here that many of you at first might say, that's not me. But I think as you start thinking about it and realizing as we're talking today, you're going to realize that many of us, you know, if not you, at least a lot of people around you are going through what I've just kind of coined COVID PTSD. And, you know, that post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD um, that we talk about is something that is real. In fact, there's been a lot of studies based on military people and other stuff. So we want to get in and talk a little bit today about PTSD because there's a very good chance that you or someone in your life is probably experiencing some mild grade PTSD from all the shit we've been going through for the last year plus as it relates to COVID and some of the isolation. So let's get started, Kathy. Hey. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And it's interesting because it's been now a year since I've been on a plane. It's been a year since I've done a talk in person. And the last talk I did was in uh, somewhere in Texas, Houston. And it was sort of the week that everything started to shut down. Uh, I did my talk. And then three days later, Newsom in California shut the state down. So that was sort of the last bastion of speaking that I got to do. And the woman said, because I was doing my stress talk, and the woman said, are you going to talk about COVID? And I went, no, like, what am I going to say? And this was so early on in the days. And I said, no, what is there to say? But like, it's the same stress as everything else. And then I sat down and really looked at that. And I realized it's not the same stress as everything else. You know, most stress that we're dealing with is this perception of stress. It's this imagined stress. It's this future-based stress. And COVID is that, but it also is here and now, like you could get really sick. It's a very scary thing. And I also realized that the, the things that we used to do to de-stress were taken from us. Uh, there were so many unknowns about how it's transmitted and how it's going to affect you and when you're contagious and how long we're going to have to stay inside. You know, my boyfriend moved in on March 21st thinking, ah, it'll be a week or two. We can sequester together. And here we are on day, I took my calendar down. Here we are on day, and who knows when this is airing, but we've now been living together pretty much a year. We love it. it we made it permanent. Uh, but you know, we thought this was going to be just this temporary thing. So I think one of the things that has led to this, first of all, everyone's exhausted from not knowing when stuff's going to happen, that quarantine fatigue. But also we've had, you know, it's this come here, go away thing of you can open. No, you can't. You can go out. No, you can't. Here's a vaccine. And eh, not yet. You know, so I think it's just that unknownness of all of this is really starting to affect everybody, everybody. Well, I think it's 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 one of those. So maybe we, we, we you know, it, it's it's gone on for so long. Right. Most of the time when we experience trauma, it is a singular event. Okay, so so again, and we'll, there, there's a difference between big T and little t, right? So big T trauma would be things like, you know, physical assault, rape, uh, you know, uh, you know, some sort of violence. This is why a lot of times people in the military have it because again, when they're when you're killing people or seeing dead people, that is a big T trauma kind of thing, right? And, and luckily, most of us don't experience some of those big T traumas. And there's 
you know, some specific things. We've talked about some of the different techniques on here before about ways to try to get past some of those things, but we all experience little T kind of things, right? Where maybe somebody is mean to us. They say something, hurt our feelings. They're emotionally abusive to us, mm -hmm. uh, you know, at certain points in time. And so again, you know, the, those things become kind of these situations that we live through, but then it's done, right? But this has continued to be something that we continue to see and live with over and over and over again, right? Yeah. And it reminds me, you know, back September 11th, I mean, we're talking 20, 20 years ago now, there was a lot of this similar kind of thing that happened and people were, were really shocked at first, why? But here was the reason, right? Is the buildings, yes, airplanes flew into the buildings, the buildings crashed down, 3,000, 4,000 people lost their life. It was a horrible incident, but it happened one time. Yeah. The problem was social media, news, everything else, especially young children were seeing these things hundreds, if not thousands of times. Yeah. And every time they saw it, their, their brain felt like it was happening again. So this wasn't an isolated event to them. This was something that was going on and on and on and on. And that's what we're living through now. It's gone yeah. on and on and on and on. Like you said, you know, okay, you can open. Nope, now you can't. Now, you know, it's like we keep going back and forth and people are finally getting to the breaking point. So that's why we wanted to talk about this today. Um, you know, some things that you can do, some, some ways to kind of help start working um, through this, because again, it's, it's starting to affect people in a serious way. Yeah, I agree. And, and I'm so glad you brought up social media and the whole 9-11 thing, because I remember on the fifth year anniversary of 9-11, I woke up that day. I wasn't really, I mean, you, you can't now not think of that number, you know, 9-11, it's, it's um, pops into your head, but I turned on the TV to look for something and they were replaying the day's events mm -hmm. in order as if it was actually happening again. And I went, oh my God, this is the most horrible thing ever. Like, why would you replay this? All these people that witnessed this, that lost people that were affected by this, you don't want to turn on the TV and relive it moment by moment again. And my husband at the time said, well, I think they're just trying to honor what happened. And I said, you don't wake up every Tuesday, the 3rd of May and go, I'm going to think about my rape today. I mean, like you wouldn't do that. That's not healthy, you know? So I remember just seeing that replaying over and over and over again. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, I hope you're not doing that. That sounds horrible. Uh, but with the social media, here was the problem with COVID. We were so divided about it. I have clients that still don't believe it's a big deal. They still don't understand why they have to wear a mask. They still don't, that's just the flu. I think we've proven it's not. Now, if you believe that, that's, I get it. I don't get it actually. I'm not even gonna say that. Um, but like know where you're getting your info from, you know, uh, the, now we've got the vaccines that are ready and there's still a huge segment of the population that doesn't want to get it. Not because they don't want to get it, but because they're being influenced by information that's possibly untrue. So I think this is where the social media is playing into this and the politics of this, it's divided us even in our, our opportunity to heal. So turn off social media. <laughs> that could be like for anything. I think that could be the first step we take with this is turn off social media. Stop reading this inflammatory from both sides, inflammatory rhetoric that is scaring you, that is scaring people. Turn off the news, turn off the, the social media and just 
do your own research. Think about what you truly want. Think about what makes sense to you without that outside influence and just be true to yourself. That's the first thing I'd recommend for this. Yeah, which is a good point because again, like we said, you know, most of the time when you experience trauma, it's a once and done kind of thing. The reason it it becomes an issue is because you're usually reliving that thing in your mind, right? Yep. And so again, like you said, you know, you wouldn't wake up on on March 11th if that was the day that you got raped, and and every day you wouldn't consciously want to go through that again but the reason why those big t things are such big trauma things are such an issue is because people do relive them over and over and over again in their mind right because of of what had gone on and it's the fact that you're reliving that over and over and over again that ends up reinforcing it in your life so again yeah an easy way with this is look just turn off the TV, quit watching the news, quit looking at social media for these kind of things and just, you know, realize that, hey, in my little bubble right here, things are good, right? And don't don't continue to try to relive any of these things that you don't have to, because yeah. the more you relive it, the harder it's going to be to take it away. Yeah. And I found something interesting about this whole experience. You know, 2020 for a lot of people was incredibly difficult jobs were lost, people got sick, people got died, you know, people died. And I talked to so many who said, I got to be honest, 2020 was actually really good for me. And you could see they're almost hesitant to say that 2020 for me was a really good year. Financially, it was shit. But from a relationship standpoint, from a work-life balance standpoint, from a, I got to sit in that stillness and actually decide what I truly wanted to do with my life. 2020 was an incredible opportunity for me. I'm allowed to say that without it minimizing the suffering of the other people. And I think we have to, we really just have to own that truth for ourselves. If you got positive things out of that, focus on those positive things, shift that perspective and see what did I learn from, grow from, what can I take from 2020 that was not all horrible. Uh, sometimes it's hard, you know, if your perception was it was all horrible, but to the extent that you can focus on those positive things, see what good came out of that year. Because I've talked to so many people who got incredible things out of 2020. So shift your perspective and try to try to focus on the good stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's probably the second, the second thing too, right? Is, you know, change your interpretation about it. Because again, it's, it's, I had a great 2020. It was mm-hmm. a good year for me yep. all around. Um, you know, yes, am I getting a little tired and a a little stir crazy and I want to go back to Disneyland and I want to go travel again? Yes, I do. Right. And there's some days when I can feel that heaviness of it too. Right. But again, another way, you know, to try to get past this is change your interpretations, change the story that you are telling yourself about what you're going through. We've talked about, we've talked about stories a lot Mm -hmm. in previous episodes, right? So if you don't like the story, then change the story because neither one of the interpretations is completely accurate anyway, right? Sure. Um, And so choose one that gives you, that makes you feel better, that, that ends up helping you get closer to where you want to go instead of, you know, further away. And so again, like you said, I've heard a lot of people say the same thing, right? Like, hey, 2020, having the kids at home, 
it sucked at first, but it was actually really kind of good because it helps me to focus more on what's really most important, focus on my relationships with other people. I mean, heck, you know, a couple of guys that I you know, was friends with in high school, we reconnected this last year and we've done some Zoom calls and other stuff, right? Um, it was the fact of being locked down that got us to rekindle that relationship from over 30 years ago. Absolutely. Right? So, yeah. so look at and try to find the positives and focus more on those things instead of the negatives would be another thing you can do. Yeah, absolutely. And to that exact point, stay present. You know, I remember coming home from my office, which was pointless because I couldn't work. You know, I was doing a lot more massage then and I was pretty, I was shut down. Uh, and I walked in the door and I had just found out my back, my ba I had just had an emergency room visit because my back had blown out and I ended up at emergency MRI and, and all these procedures and da da da. I got a $6,000 emergency room bill the same day I realized that my taxes got completely screwed up because the divorce didn't go through in time to do separately. So I was stuck paying back all the Obamacare stuff. So I basically had a $14,000 tax bill and a $6,000 emergency room bill and zero income. And I remember coming home and I was sobbing. I was, I was an hysterical mess, sobbing in my boyfriend's arms going, everything I've worked for is gone and I'm gonna lose everything. I mean, it was just, that was just this reactive, completely overblown mess of a situation. And I was acting purely from emotion. Emotion is there to help us into action. Feelings are not facts. I did not lose everything. I am not in a, a debtor's prison somewhere. I did not go bankrupt. I negotiated the, the emergency room bill down to hardly anything because I said, I'm on unemployment right now. They went, oh, no problem. And they eliminated it. Uh, the taxes we worked out so that I owed six and not 14. You know, it's like, once you ha have that emotion, honor that emotion and then get out of the emotion. You know, you don't sit there with your hand on the stove going, wow, that's telling me that hurts. Oh, that's starting to smell funny. I can't feel my fingers. Any I mean, you don't sit there in that emotion. I'm, I'm smelling burning flesh. Yeah, what is that hamburger -y kind of smell? Oh, that's me. Oh, I might want to think about someday moving. Get off the stove. You know, I honored that emotion. I expressed that emotion. And then I went, all right, fuck this. What can I do to actually solve this problem? And I think so often we get trapped in that emotion. We stay stuck in that place, which is what PTSD is. And we don't have the tools, the skills, the support, the people around us to help us step, to, to help us get our hand off the stove. So find that place where you can have that support, acknowledge that emotion, then get out of it. It told you what it needs to tell you. Don't need to hang on to it anymore. Well, and we've talked about some of these different techniques, right? So again, if, if you feel like if you're stuck in your head, if you feel like your brain is going crazy, well, it probably is because it's up in high beta wave frequency. You need to slow your brain waves down. We've talked about some of that stuff before, about how breathing exercises, some things like meditation, other things to get you to just kind of calm down, get more into the present moment. And when you do that again, right? Feelings are, are, not, are not necessarily true their fear is not real. It's, it's getting back into that present moment. And those are some techniques that you can use to do that, right? Yeah. Even listening to music, listening to calming music. Um, there's a thing called binaural beats. Yes. And there's also Schumann resonance uh, audios that you can listen to as well. 
that are at a certain frequency that as we listen to them, especially through headphones, it actually slows down our brainwave activity, gets us calm, you know, we're not freaking out anymore. So there's a lot of different things that you can use, right? If you're freaking out to kind of get yourself back centered as yeah. well, right? Yeah, that's so great. And one, one of my favorite tools is cognitive restructuring because it's so often it's those distorted thoughts that lead us to that emotion, which leads us to like either crazy making or action that isn't helpful. So I come home and I'm freaking out. I'm going to lose everything, which caused fear and panic depression, all this stuff. I'm going to lose everything. Really? Really? They're going to come take everything that I own. Is that nope. a true statement? That is not a true statement. Did I have to drain part of my savings account? Yeah, that is not me losing everything. But when we get into those stressed places, that thought leads us to that emotion. It's all or nothing thinking. It's black and white. It's, you know, these complete exaggerations. These are cognitive distortions. And when we can identify those and retrain our thinking, which is what the cognitive restructuring is, then we have a tendency to respond in a different way in the future. So, you know, if that situation comes up again, you can go, oh, I know what this feels like. This feels like that day that blah, 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 you know. And you can actually start to shift your thinking and your cognition on that and not be trapped in these emotional states that are coming from a place that isn't true. Well, and that's why, you know, you can do some of this stuff yourself. You Absolutely. can ask yourself those questions, right? So again, the quality of your life depends on the quality of the questions that you ask. We can ask those to ourselves. Sounds like that's what you kind of did, right? Well, am I really going to lose everything? No. Are they really going to send me to jail? No, you know, we don't live in Victorian England, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to send you to jail because there's you no debtor's prison, right? No, you know, you, you get annoyed by the people calling you for debt collection, but they're not going to send you to debtor's prison like they used to do, right? Right. And I wasn't even to a point where that was going to happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was just, it was such an exaggerated thought. And it's so interesting. I was audited by the IRS back in 2001 nightmare don't i don't recommend it but from that point on of course every time something came in the mail from the irs or if i got something from the irs i was like <laughs> i had total audit ptsd because it was the worst six months of my life and i remember the year after the audit um my tax return hadn't been processed like nothing was happening and i checked online and it said delayed and my first thought was Oh, no, 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 no. I thought maybe they were looking at the whole thing again. And I was completely freaking out. I called my accountant. I'm like, dude, it says delayed. And he goes, oh, <gasps> and I hear that tone and I start to panic. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to audit me again. And then I went, wait a minute. What do you know? And I literally wrote this out on the form for cognitive distortions. I said, I know I did a perfect tax return. I know I actually underclaimed some deductions so that if I was audited, it would go in my favor. Mm -hmm. I know that I did nothing wrong. I know that I have an enrolled agent and a CPA on my team that if something would happen, I have everything ready to hand them. Here's what I know. It says delayed. Millions of Americans are turning in their tax returns. It's just delayed. And until I get the letter that says something is wrong, I don't know that anything's wrong. So I just went with delayed. And about five days later, I got noticed that they received my tax return. I got my refund, blah, 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 blah. Everything was fine. It was simply delayed. And because of my past experience, I read all of this stuff into it. It was just delayed. Yep. 
Well, and that's a great example, you know, again, kind of breaking apart. There's a real life example from Kathy's life on exactly what we're talking about right now. It's not COVID, but it was audit PTSD, right? And, and yeah, I mean, every time, you know, every time you see police lights behind you, right, you get a little nervous. Every Even time if you're you doing get, nothing wrong. Every it's time like, you get a, every time you get a letter from the IRS, right? It's the same thing, right? And it's, you know, I get, I get them all the time for different businesses and family things that, that I deal with. Uh-huh. And, but, but again, it's like, there's no reason to automatically jump into that. Or if you start catching yourself doing that, stop yourself you know, breathe, try to get present, go through some of these cognitive question asking, like, you know, Kathy just did, and and realize that, you know what, we don't know what the future is going to be. So create the story that is the one that best serves you. Oh, it's delayed. Delayed doesn't mean anything, right? So because of that, I'm not going to let it mean anything. And I'm just going to go about my business and sure enough there was no problem right anxiety yeah. is in anxiety and fear right is worrying about something that may never happen yep. in fact most of the time they never do so we yep. waste a bunch of energy when we don't need to yeah right? and we miss out on this present moment and in this present moment everything's okay stress yeah. is someplace else yeah so i mean these are these are kind of some simple things you know for for trauma in general you know, but, but let's get into maybe a little bit more. There's, you know, if, if you're doing those things or you try those and they still don't work for you, there's other options as well. Right. Um, And so, you know, let's, let's maybe jump in and talk about some of the, the different options that people have. We know hypnosis is one. We talk a lot about that. You're a hypnosis, Um, you know, and, and, and maybe just kind of explain to people briefly again hopefully if they've been listening to us forever they already know about it but how does how does something like hypnosis actually help people deal with things like ptsd yeah absolutely i actually did a whole course on ptsd uh because when i was working to do the training with the military i just wanted to know how hypnosis would help with that hypnosis in general it just goes into the subconscious and helps us make changes there so sitting in our subconscious there are knowns and there are unknowns unknowns are very scary knowns can be negative so if you know that every time you hear a car backfire it's a gunshot and you dive to the ground that's that's an exaggerated response to something that does not warrant it. Just like when I saw the word (laughs) delayed and I had this gigantic response thinking that reaction, frankly, thinking that something bad was happening. So hypnosis, you're not asleep, though we might use the word sleep. You hear everything that is said to you. You'll remember everything that's said to you. And it's just a matter of going into the subconscious and helping to make changes there, helping to make those things less scary, helping to magnify the positive, helping you shift mindset, um, giving you tools like anchoring in. We talk about anchoring all the time. Maybe it's you rub fingers together or maybe, you know, every time you pick up your iced tea, anchor in that relaxation. Maybe it's a trigger on your desk of every time I look at that picture, it reminds me to relax, that sort of thing. So there's so many ways we can make changes in our subconscious. And what's so great about that is with the critical faculty, not or is it critical factor? Oh, I always get it wrong. Mike Mandel is going to be so mad. <laughs> your critical thinking, the only way to get through that is dream symbols, hypnosis. So it's so much quicker to do something under hypnosis than it is. I'm, I love therapy. And, you know, you could do six months of therapy and still not understand why you hate your mother. 
and you can deal with it in two sessions of hypnosis. So, you know, it's such a great tool. It's safe. They're not going to make you cluck like a chicken. You're not going to lose yourself in a state of hypnosis. You know, media has really just sort of destroyed our concept of what clinical hypnosis can be. It's safe. It's effective. It's such a great technique. Um, it can be done over Zoom. It can, you know, so it's, I, I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, because it is, it's, it's a much quicker way of getting there, right? Because again, you can go to talk therapy, talk therapy is fine, right? It, but just realize it's probably going to take you a little longer, right? Just like you can, you can talk, you can have a bitch and moan session with your friends, or you can talk to somebody who's a coach, right? That actually is asking different questions, trying to get you to move. You see, there's a difference, right? And so, you know, again, you can choose whichever one works for you, you know, choose bitch and moan session with your friends that's better than nothing yeah right um you and know, sometimes choose... you just need to bitch i mean let's yeah. be honest sometimes you just need to complain about some stuff yeah you know or find a therapist or a coach that can actually help walk you through some of the stuff find a hypnotist you know i remember we talked about brain spotting before brain spotting yeah. was another another um example of of of, of a technique that's being used to be able to help people get through things like PTSD. Yeah. And, and the reason it's just like hypnosis, it gets back into the subconscious and helps us kind of reprogram what happened or look at it objectively instead of continuing to have all these stories yeah. around it. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's those stories around it. It's the emotions that we're bringing into it. And again, usually trauma things have negative emotions, which means we get stuck in negative emotions, right? Yeah. Um, you know, another thing that I that I like too is there's a, I've seen different versions of it, but it's like an emotional scale, yeah. right? Where you've got fear and depression uh, kind of down at the bottom and you've got, you know, happiness, but really it's well-being and joy at the top. And, and, you know, if, if you have a tool like that, you can look at it and say, hmm, how am I feeling right now? Well, I'm feeling, you know, depressed. Well, can I move up the chain, right? And so this is what I'll do sometimes with people is there, you know, they'll, you, you just try to move them up and you don't try to go from the bottom to the top all in one time, right? But somebody might say, you know, I'm so depressed or I'm feeling, you know, um, uh, ashamed, of something, right? Because shame, depression are like all the way at the bottom. Very low. Yeah. Very low, right? And so again, as as their friend or something else, you can say, "Wow, you know that must that must be pretty hard." I understand that that you know you're feeling ashamed about that. That must make you kind of angry, doesn't it? Now, why am I pulling that in? Because anger, while still a negative emotion, is better than shame. Yeah. So all of a sudden, if the people are like, yeah, you know what? I'm pretty mad at myself that I, that I did that again, right? Well, now you're moving them from shame to anger. Still a negative emotion, but a better negative emotion because then they get angry about it. Mm -hmm. Then they kind of spew for a little bit. Then you move them up to something like hopeful. Well, you know, if you did it this other way, do you think next time it might be a little better? Hey, yeah, I think that could be a little better next time, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're slowly starting to move them up into higher and higher levels of emotion. Yeah. And we can do it to ourselves. We can try to help other people as well. Absolutely. You know, with it. But it's that's another kind of simple little thing, right? 
Yeah. And there's all I, kinds of other stuff that's oh my out God, there. There's that people tapping, are there's EFT. I mean, there's so many different things. We could spend all day talking about that. Um, look through some of our past episodes. We actually talk about a lot of different things. But, you know, there's, there's tapping, which we've not actually had an EFT practitioner on the show. Um, yeah, but we've talked about it because I think we've talked, we've talked about, about it, it with, with Mike Mandel before, I think. Yeah, and the, you know, tapping this point and, uh-huh. you know, doing that kind of stuff and getting I'm a big swinging dick. It. I'm a big swinging dick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a great say. story. Go back and find it that. It is such a great story. Everything <laughs> Mike Mandel says is great. And, you know, the technique that Donna was talking about, I already had a session with her. I know you're about to have one. Uh, her stuff was amazing. I could feel the shifts in my subconscious. So anyway, we gave you a lot to do, you know, stopping social media, shifting your perspective, looking at some cognitive restructuring, uh, even meditation and mindfulness, you know, it, it trains us to be less reactive to things around us. So, you know, asking yourself, what do I know to be true? Focusing on the positive. Um, did I miss anything? Uh, I don't know if we Look, did go back, go back and listen to the episode. Again. Go back and listen to the episode again, right? There's a lot of good stuff in there, but yeah, because there are, like I said, there's some little things that we just gave you tips on hypnosis that you, that you can do yourself, right? Yeah. Um, and you can, you can do other things, you know, there's self-hypnosis audios. If you want to try that first, fine. Usually the bigger the trauma it is, the more you actually need the personalized help. So yeah. find, find I a hypnotist. Wouldn't. I actually wouldn't try to do hypnosis. If you're truly experiencing PTSD, I wouldn't try to do it yourself. No, it's, that's something that you need help with, yeah. um, on that. So, but anyway, you know, again, we feel you, we know we're feeling some of the same stuff too. Um, so we thought we'd do this episode to just kind of remind you again, a little bit about some of the stuff we've already been talking about and how you can start using it now. And when you do, you're going to start feeling better, right? Cause I know when I start getting a little funk and I start doing some of these things that we've just been talking about, I feel better Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure too. you will too. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And let us know how you're doing. Let us know if you use some of our techniques or not our techniques, but if the, some of the techniques we recommend, we'd love to hear from you and know how they worked for you. And if you have any that you suggest that we could maybe do a show on, let us know that too. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Cool. Okay. I'm Kathy Groover. I can be reached at kathygroover.com. And I'm Jason Mefford. I can be reached at jasonmefford.com. So go back, listen to the episode again, and just pick something. Just do something a little bit different this week. Um, to help you feel a little bit better and get through all of this COVID PTSD or whatever you want to call it. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. See ya. See ya.